Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for stopping by the channel once again i got a little bit of extra for you it is friday january 14th 2022 i am jd from new york and this is off the scripts follow me on social media at jd from ny206 that's twitter and instagram hit that subscribe button down below turn on the bell for all notifications, we just hit 130,000 subscribers. Thank you guys very much 
for all of your support. And make sure you guys go check out all the other content that is currently on the channel right now. There is a ton of it. Bunch of live streams. We got everything covered via WWE and AEW during the week. So make sure you guys go check all that stuff out. And a programming note. Speaking of live streams, I will not be live tonight for my off-the-script SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show. I might do something tomorrow. I'm not really sure, depending on how much time I have or if there is any interest in what happens on SmackDown, being that there is no roster over there. Sasha Banks is hurt. We got Xavier Woods now completely out of action for about six weeks. It's ridiculous over there. I will not be live tonight. I will be in Queens working for House of Glory. We have our all-women's tournament. We're going to crown a new House of Glory women's champion tonight. I don't know what's going on with Fight. I got filled in for the first time since we announced the show last night that it will not be airing on Fight TV on Saturday, but I do think it will be airing on Fight Sunday. So I'm not sure what is going on with that. So if you guys want any information on that, I will fill you in on social media, so make sure you guys look out for that. But I will not be live tonight, so don't look for any post-show after Rampage is over tonight. But that's why we're doing extra today, and that's why I got the news covered for you this afternoon. We're going to start at the top, and this was a story that I was rather confused by, and even more confused by, as the hours went on, when I found out more details in regards to this story. Corey Graves. Corey Graves. You know Corey Graves. He is the Monday Night Raw color commentator. It's probably the best in all of WWE next to Pat McAfee. And I was a Nigel McGuinness guy, but they got him dying over there on NXT UK. And nobody watches that shit. But Corey Graves, whether you like him, whether you hate him, whether you think he's a paid shill whether you think he is, I guess, in his feelings too much on social media, he's got uh, he's got a way about him that doesn't really come off as you know likable. I would say on social media or or on TV per se. I'm a Corey Graves guy. I, I think Corey Graves is fantastic at what he does. I think Corey Graves is probably the most knowledgeable next to Michael Cole in terms of what's happening on WWE TV. I think Corey Graves is very acute, or astute, I should say, in his observations on what happens. I think he's a great storyteller. He fills in those gaps. I don't want to make this a Corey Graves uh, fucking uh, love fest here, but Corey Graves is very good at what he does, whether you hate him or you love him. It's a very difficult position to work, a color commentator position. It's a very difficult position to work, a commentator position in general and I'm just stating based on my own personal experiences I can only imagine what he's going through with Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard in his ear every single moment on Monday night apparently he was cleared to return to the ring everybody thought this was a new development or a new story apparently Corey Graves has been cleared since 2020 to return to the ring but 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 all of a sudden now it's making the rounds in the IWC. Seven years of inactivity for Corey Graves due to a forced retirement, concussion issues. WWE announcer Corey Graves has been cleared to wrestle. I don't know why this is a story now, but he was cleared in 2020. 
Nobody mentioned or said anything about Corey Graves in 2020. Now, all of a sudden, in 2022, we're getting Corey Graves uh, possibly returning to the ring. For the last couple of years, Graves has talked about getting the itch to wrestle again, and now he has the, the chance to do so. In November, Corey Graves actually got physical on TV for the first time in years where he briefly won, and it was awful, in very comedic fashion, briefly won the 24-7 championship on Monday Night Raw before dropping it to Byron Saxton in that same night, in that same segment, actually. He later tweeted, I kind of want to wrestle again. In 2020, he said the following on his After the Bell podcast about Edge's WWE 24 documentary inspiring him. It was an awesome look. And, you know, I've gotten along for quite some time and watching it. Honestly, man, it was inspiring. And I would say at two, three different points, I went, man, I live in Pittsburgh now. I should go find Dr. Maroon. It just gave me that urge to do this all over again. I don't know whether or not that's a possibility, but the thought was planted in my brain for quite some time. End quote. Corey Graves has actually been training with his brother, Sam Adonis. So he clearly is keeping himself active. Now, in 2014, he was forced to retire because of concussion issues. And he later joined NXT and the NXT broadcast. And he was a color commentator next to Tom Phillips, who's now with Impact. I think Tom Phillips is a great play-by-play man. And that was before he got moved up to the main roster to do his, his gig now. It's unclear when he will return to the ring, if he will return to the ring. But Fightful first reported Graves being cleared. Now, Meltzer also discussed this, and he said, and I quote, in the Observer newsletter about Corey Graves and him being cleared. Corey Graves was cleared by WWE doctors in 2020. The gist is that WWE Medical ruled out Graves taking any physical contact due to a post-concussion issue in 2014, and he retired at that point. Then he made his way to being an NXT announcer and did well enough and has been viewed as the main color guy on the main roster for years. Obviously, while he can return to wrestle, he's not going to, end quote. Now, when I read this story, I'm like, why? Why is WWE clearing Corey Graves? Why does WWE want Corey Graves to wrestle Why does WWE want anything to do with Corey Graves outside of his current position as the Monday Night Raw color commentator? Corey Graves, in my honest opinion, I'm not going to tell the man what to do. If he wants to wrestle, God bless him. I would never, and what I appreciate most is even in his inactivity, the man continues to keep himself active in the ring. The man continues to be creative in ways which a lot of people aren't. And he's very talented at what he does. I would never tell a creative man, woman, anybody, not to do something. If they want to do it, you go and fucking do it, okay? From my personal opinion and my point of view, from being a Corey Graves fan, I honestly don't look at this story as anything more than Corey Graves possibly making an appearance in the Royal Rumble. And I say that because you look at the current roster and WWE is clearly not taking the Royal Rumble as serious as it really should be for the match that it is for the meaning of the winner going to WrestleMania. Johnny Knoxville is in the fucking Royal Rumble. 
I mean, if he was the first person, and, and I know this is a common theme, WWE brings these fucking D-list celebrities into the company, they give them a spot in the Rumble, or they give them a fucking match at WrestleMania, whatever the case may be. The first person announced in the Royal Rumble was Johnny Knoxville. I don't take that as WWE being serious about the Royal Rumble. And do they even have 30 legitimate choices to choose from in the Royal Rumble? And I mean legitimate as not a jobber just to throw in there to fill a spot. The Rumble should be about opportunity and to give the best man possible an opportunity at WrestleMania. How many of those men in the Royal Rumble are going to be legitimate choices or options for the WrestleMania main event? Nobody. There's nobody. AJ Styles, maybe. If Drew McIntyre is able to come back, maybe a Drew McIntyre. There's not really a solid field to choose from. WWE may have cleared Corey Graves, but I honestly think that Corey Graves is being set up for a position in the Royal Rumble. And we've seen commentators get the buzzer going off and then they take their shit off and they got ring gear underneath their suit and then they get in the ring. Jerry Lawler's done it on... A number of occasions, we've seen him do that. Or, uh, you know, it, it may be somebody that's at the desk. Uh, Byron Saxton may get called into the Royal Rumble. He still may be in his fucking suit. WWE loves to troll the fans. They love to, you know, put situations out there like that for the Royal Rumble and think it's funny, but it's really not. It's a complete waste of fucking time. I, I don't like that. I like a more serious approach for matches of this magnitude. And the other thing I wanted to mention about this Corey Graves situation is how how many people know of Corey Graves in NXT? I don't think anybody watching the current product right now even remembers Corey Graves or, or even knew Corey Graves wrestled or the fact that he held tag team championships with Pac, Neville in NXT. How many people realize that? No, nobody realizes Corey Graves' past history Unless WWE is telling you about Corey Graves' past history. They're not going to actively go out there or they're not actively going out there to search old Corey Graves' matches. They're not looking to look up Corey Graves and see what he's done in NXT or, or in any other point in his career. Nobody gives a shit. They know Corey Graves as the Corey Graves that we see now. They know Corey Graves' color commentator, Corey Graves, on Monday Night Raw. And in the eyes of the fans... That's all that he will ever be. I don't know why he would ever want to, and I'm not saying he would, but I don't know why he would want to get in the ring and do this in front of this audience and give up what he's doing on Monday Night Raw in the color commentator position. You are the best at what you do now. You got a very fortunate opportunity to be given that spot, and you fucking killed it, and you still kill it every week. I don't think people are clamoring to see Corey Graves in the ring. For a one-off, it would be fine. If WWE even wanted to take an approach and make something serious out of it and have a serious storyline built around Corey Graves coming out of retirement for one match, I would get behind it. The story needs to matter, though. The story doesn't need to be comedic. It shouldn't be comedic. It should be serious. If he's coming out of retirement after so long and somebody's pushing his buttons then it should be somewhat serious and it should matter and it should really invoke some type of investment, emotion from the fans. A Royal Rumble one-off is fine, but I don't think Corey Graves should make a full-time return to the WWE. I don't expect him to. I don't think anybody really should be expecting him to, but 
The fact of the matter is that the man is cleared since 2020. He still continues to train in his off time, whatever time he has. I find that to be admirable. I really do. So good on him, man. If he wants to get back in there and wrestle, I'm supportive of it. But I don't think people are going to want to see. I don't want to see Corey Graves go in there and then it falls flat. I don't think people are clamoring to see a Corey Graves. A one-off Royal Rumble spot or a possible storyline feud. One match since he's cleared. It's got to mean something. I'm in support for anything more than that. I don't think people are really going to be interested in seeing Corey Graves outside of the Corey Graves that we know right now. WWE is bringing back the Elimination Chamber. Now, the title of that story is probably head-scratching. When did they ever get rid of the Elimination Chamber match? They, They didn't. They did one last year, and it was fucking terrible. They're not bringing back the Elimination Chamber, per se, but they title that that way, Fightful title it that way, because WWE did not have an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view on the pay-per-view calendar. It wasn't in the schedule. Oh, excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. Premium live event. Okay. Premium live event, I'm, I'm being told. It, it is now the proper, the proper terminology. Fuck your premium live event, okay? Pay-per-view. PPV. Somebody at the fucking water cooler at the office. Hey, man, did you watch that premium live event by World Wrestling Entertainment? The WWE Universe is so excited, man. I can't wait. Slingo is cheesy, man. It's cheesy. And I like cheese. Believe me. WWE did not have an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view on the pay-per-view calendar. They are bringing it to Saudi Arabia. Feifel's reporting that the working plan is for the Elimination Chamber match to take place on February 19th, Saturday, on the Saudi show. We don't have a name for the show, Crown Jewel, Super Showdown. We don't even know if it's going to be Elimination Chamber in Saudi. We we don't know if it's going to be titled Elimination Chamber. Very well could be. So that match will be taking place on that show. Now, company and staff, people, creative, what have you, have been also briefed in on these plans. Tentative preparation for WWE to book this match at the show has been ongoing since the last show there in November. Crown Jewel, I thought, was one of WWE's best shows all year. So we'll see what happens. It looks like they may be taking a little bit a little bit more of a serious approach with these shows. There was also talk of taping an episode of WWE TV in the country in the near future, but that has not been confirmed. Uh, What that means is instead of doing these shows on Thursday and then having everybody fly back 18 hours to the States to get ready for SmackDown, WWE is going to possibly change that. But this show's on a Saturday. So everybody flying back, SmackDown's got it easy because that won't happen until the following Friday. But they would have to leave. It it really works its way in reverse. If you're working SmackDown, then you get to get on a plane for Saudi Arabia and fly there. But you won't have to go to TV right away. So it's it's still fucked up. It's still fucked up. Whether you have it on a Saturday because you got to fly from SmackDown to Saudi. Whether you have it on Sunday, you got to fly from Saudi to Monday Night Raw. Whether you have it on Thursday, you're going to fly from Saudi to SmackDown. None of it works. None of it works. It's not easier. It's not easier on anybody on any day you put it on. The match was introduced, the chamber, if you guys don't know, a little bit of history for you, 2002, before being made into a standalone event in 2010, WWE previously hosted... Elimination Chamber pay-per-view event in the first quarter of the calendar year looks to be starting again this year 
and was always an integral part of the role to WrestleMania. WWE has the Royal Rumble taking place on January 29th. The Elimination Chamber is going to be conducted in Saudi on February 19th. This gives WWE three weeks. This gives WWE three fucking weeks to build a pay-per-view coming out of the Royal Rumble. I'm not very excited about that, man. I'm not. This gives WWE three fucking weeks to get the chamber to a point where I'm excited, invested emotionally in what's going on. Now, being that the Elimination Chamber is coming back, WWE could go about it in a couple of ways. Uh, A Monday Night Raw superstar could win the Royal Rumble, and then the SmackDown WWE Universal Championship match could be conducted in that steel cage, or the contender, I should say, for the Universal Championship could be decided in the Elimination Chamber. A SmackDown superstar could win the Royal Rumble, and then Monday Night Raw, number one contendership, could be on the line in the Elimination Chamber. WWE could have none of those contenders decided on February 19th. They could do a Universal Championship and a WWE Championship match in the Elimination Chamber. We don't know how they're going to go about it. WWE can have one chamber for the men, one chamber for the women, because they got to do one and one. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. But the thing is, WWE hasn't taken the Elimination Chamber seriously in years. I'm not saying the talent doesn't take it seriously. I'm talking about the WWE not taking it seriously. I would like contenders to be decided in the Elimination Chamber. If one brand is getting the Rumble, then the other brand should get the Elimination Chamber. It it should be an integral part of WrestleMania and the road to WrestleMania. I don't want championships defended in the Elimination Chamber. There needs to be, if you want to do a women's Elimination Chamber match, by all means, but I don't know who the fuck you're putting in there. And why should I care? The women's division is dog shit. I don't give a fuck about anybody going into the Elimination Chamber from the women's division. You might as well not even do it. I don't even know why we're having a women's Royal Rumble. It's a complete waste of fucking time, if you ask me. Contenders should be decided in the chamber. You know what WWE did last year? They made the Elimination Chamber a championship match, I believe. And in the championship match, they put all former WWE or WWE Universal Champions in the fucking Elimination Chamber match to challenge for the WWE title. There was no ranking system. There's no wins or losses being factored in. Nobody really won matches to, I guess, qualify for the Elimination Chamber. WWE doesn't go about this in a serious way. If you're doing the Chamber... I want qualifying matches. I want to know why somebody is being chosen for the Elimination Chamber. I don't want people randomly chosen from a fucking hat or Vince McMahon wakes up one day and has a dream about so-and-so and then says, Ah, Bruce, I'm putting him in the Elimination Chamber. No, 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 I don't want anything like that. I want something that makes fucking sense. And why would anybody fucking care about the chamber when WWE has done nothing to make the chamber feel important and special for WrestleMania or has done nothing to build up superstars in said chamber? Remember remember when Shayna Baszler eliminated the entire field of Elimination Chamber combatants in the one that she won? 
What did WWE do with Shayna Baszler after that? Sounds like that should be a star-making performance, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, that's right. They teamed her with Nia Jax and put Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler as a tag team on WWE to swallow up TV time during the year. That's a great way to build up Shayna Baszler. It's a great job there, Bruce. Uh, The Chamber sucks. I honestly would get rid of all these gimmick pay-per-views. I would. And WWE doesn't even own up to the brand split. They don't give a shit about the brand split. We got Seth Rollins from SmackDown challenging, or Raw, rather, challenging Roman Reigns on SmackDown for the Universal Championship. Why am I going to believe into a dual-branded elimination chamber? I don't give a fuck. You don't give a shit. I don't give a shit, man. Take it seriously. Give me qualifying matches. Make sure everybody in the match deserves to be in the match. Knowing WWE, WWE will have a SmackDown superstar win the Royal Rumble. Say Bobby Lashley wins the WWE Championship from Brock Lesnar due to a fuck finish by the Bloodline or the Hurt Business or Paul Heyman or Roman Reigns himself. Bobby Lashley wins the WWE Championship. And Brock Lesnar enters himself into the Royal Rumble like everybody's predicting. He wins the Royal Rumble. He goes after Roman Reigns. That leaves Monday Night Raw open for a championship match at WrestleMania. So who gets that shot? Can you imagine? Just throwing this out there. Can you imagine WWE putting a field of six in the Elimination Chamber? And one of those men is Omos. And WWE feeds Omos... Five men in the Elimination Chamber and has him eliminate every combatant in that Elimination Chamber to go on and challenge Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. I'm sorry, I I didn't mean to give you guys nausea. I didn't mean to give you guys sleepless nights, man. I didn't mean to give you guys nightmares. I'm sorry, I I apologize. I apologize. I I I don't know what's gotten into me, man. You know, I think I'm taking this uh, Nostradamus gimmick a little too seriously, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll never, I'll never mention it again, man. I'll, I'll never mention it again. I'm sorry. I know Jesse's probably watching this, rolling his fucking eyes. He's probably going to text me, you fucking asshole. You're willing it into existence. Watch this fucking guy get a championship. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Moving on. The Elimination Chamber sucks, okay? Take it seriously, and then I will. Oh, but I thought Shawn Michaels was in charge of NXT. Yeah? But I thought Shawn Michaels was in charge, says the geek online. JD is wrong. He don't know anything, man. That's why I go through Shawn Ross' shop to get my news. It's been reported. Oh, yeah? What about this one? NXT Creative will now report to Bruce Pritchard. Where's Shawn Michaels, huh? No, but I thought Shawn Michaels was in charge. Yeah, right. Let's ask everybody that was fucking pissed off about Braun Breaker's entry. Shawn Michaels is in charge. Blow me. Shawn Michaels was in charge. Shawn Michaels was never in charge. And Triple H is not in charge and will never be in charge ever again. 
NXT Creative is reporting to Bruce Pritchard. No shit! This was happening well before it was reported. WWE is not done revamping NXT. You know, no, no, no. PW Insider is reporting that there has been a big change to the creative process in NXT. You don't say. You don't say. And NXT will no longer operate independently from the main roster. When Triple H was running the brand, remember those days? I know. I know. It was fantastic. Everybody was happy. When Triple H was running the brand, they did not fall under the same rules of Raw and SmackDown shows, and they operated somewhat as a separate entity. But those days are over. As part of last week's changes that included the release of William Regal and Samoa Joe and several others there, Gabe Sapolsky, the list goes on and on. The NXT creative team will now fall under the oversights of Bruce Pritchard and Christine Lubrano, who I've heard terrible things about myself. All ideas and concepts will be reported to them for approval the same way that the things are done on the main roster. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, can we get a drink on the menu, please, for uh, for the duration? JD was right. Can we do that? I'd love it, man. Uh, I, w- I would love if we could make that happen, man. I got my mixologist over there. They're going to get something going right away. Uh, it was also reported that Johnny Russo will be the head of NXT and the writing team under Bruce Pritchard and LeBron. I have no idea who the fuck this is. Is he related to Vince Russo? I have no fucking idea. I don't know. Russo has been with the company since 2011 and had been part of the creative for Raw and SmackDown and later a part of NXT creative. Oh, yeah, really? No matter what's written, it's going to be the same way that the main roster operates. How many of these creative people come up with ideas that are automatically shot down because it doesn't appease Bruce or it doesn't appease Vince? It's going to be the same Fucking thing. Shawn Michaels is there, and he is a puppet now hanging from Bruce's strings. He's only there to make sure the show runs the way that they want. He has absolutely no say. And if you think so, you're a blithering fucking idiot. Yes, because Shawn Michaels would have absolutely approved the old NXT logo being demolished not once but twice during Braun Breaker's entrance the night he beat Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT title. They weren't proud of the work that they did before this fucking death of the brand. Give me a fucking break. You're a complete moron. Dewey Foley, Mick Foley's son, and Anthony Golden Jr. will remain as a part of NXT creator. I didn't even know Dewey was down there. Doesn't look to be doing a good job with the way things are going on Tuesday night. I'll tell you that right now. It's unclear how much of this will affect the brand. But if you notice a change to how things are presented on TV... Then you can point to the changes that were made over the last week or so. The show has been terrible since week one. That week one show, you knew who was in charge. I don't need to watch the show from this week to know who's in charge. It was happening since the debut episode. Fuck out of here, man. I don't want to hear anybody tell me Shawn Michaels is in charge ever again. Go fuck yourself. I was right. Deal with it. Lose sleep over it. See if I fucking care. I say what I have to say here because it's correct. I don't bullshit anybody, man. Bruce and Vince are in charge. Shawn Michaels was never in charge. Triple H is finished. He's been manipulated and blackballed and forced out of power. 
And everything that he built is now being wiped away because of the reasons that I've already stated previously. Move on! Triple H apparently was bummed out over the recent NXT firings. Yeah! Yeah! And Santa Claus is fucking coming down every every Christmas season to give the the kids gifts and the Easter Bunny's gonna fucking, you know, give candy and Easter eggs out and the fucking Tooth Fairy's gonna give you a fucking ugly-looking daughter a $10 bill. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Triple H is bummed out over the NXT fire. Bummed out? That's a fucking terrible way to fucking word it. Bummed out over the recent NXT firings. This man had a fucking heart attack over what he's bummed out. You fucking kidding me? Bummed out? Jesus fucking Christ. Now, always dancing around the fucking topic. Bummed out. The guy is fucking heartbroken. Bummed out. The game has been absent from NXT pretty much as WWE has killed his brand. And PW Torch and Wade Keller have shed a light on how Triple H is feeling right now. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He's calling Stephanie up right now. He's like, yeah, honey, let's go take a fucking vacation to some remote island somewhere. I want to celebrate my accomplishments. Yeah, well, let's let's uh, be happy, right? Yeah, Triple H is fucking thrilled about what happened. A longtime wrestling journalist, Wade Keller, has been told that Triple H is quote-unquote bummed out over last week's releases. Keller also explained that sources have told him some of the people released last week were part of Triple H's team. And they were uh, obviously a part of Triple H's team and the team that he was assembling. In that case, he was ever called to take charge or be the man on the main roster. So Triple H was clearly, you know, assembling a team because he had high hopes of being the man in WWE and taking over the main roster. And he wanted his team in place. Um, so what, what does this mean for Triple H? And Wade Keller says this, and I quote, if this, if his day came to run the WWE main roster, he wanted his group of people. It was thought that it would include William Regal, Gabe Sapolsky, Road Dog. they're all gone. While nothing has ever officially been confirmed, the consensus among wrestling fans is that when Vince McMahon decides to step down from WWE or something happens to him, Triple H will be the one to take his place. A lot can change over the course of a few years, especially in pro wrestling. Triple H being chosen... Well, the chosen one and the man who will eventually lead WWE into a new era now seemingly seems unlikely. Nick Khan is now Vince McMahon's right-hand man, and some fans even believe the fresh edition of the chairman's closed circle is a part of the preparation to sell WWE. It's starting to feel like almost anything can happen to wrestling, so who knows what will happen in the future. Uh, if WWE is without Vince, then Nick Khan is taking over the company. That much is for certain. It's not going to Triple H. It's not going to anybody in the family. It's not going to Shane. It's not going to Stephanie. It's not going to anybody in the McMahon family. Vince, and I don't know this for sure. I'm just throwing a fucking spitball at you. Vince doesn't want anybody in the family running the company better than he could have run it. So he will give it to somebody else that's not a McMahon to do what he wants with it. He'd rather do that. It's just the fucked up mentality of, of Vince McMahon. It's awful. It's an awful way of thinking. But Triple H being bummed out? Come on, man. That's the terminology that you're using. Why don't you be real with these fucking people? The man is heartbroken. He is fucking destroyed over what he did. But everybody says karma's a bitch. 
All the bad that Triple H has done in his past has come back to bite him in the ass. That doesn't mean that let's take away all the hard work that he's done. Everybody enjoyed it. The fans were involved here more so than any point in his career. Give me a break. I feel sorry for all the fucking men and women that poured their blood, sweat, and tears into this shit. Ultimately, to have their work wiped away. And your contributions mean nothing. What an awful fucking time for NXT, man. I can't wait for the fucking brand to die completely. I doubt it even makes USA Network next year. Speaking of USA Network, the initial reaction to USA Network and the relaunch of NXT, this was discussed during a Sean Ross Sapp Q&A. Sapp revealed that USA initially liked the plans changed for NXT, noting that the network's opinions may have changed since then. Or since the debut episode, Sap says this, and I quote, Initially, I heard they liked the changes. It hasn't made a big difference as far as viewership goes, but I was told that they enjoyed, at least initially, I don't know how they are feeling right now. Uh, Braun Breaker, who has received a lot of focus in NXT on this reboot, defeated Champa for the NXT title. Uh, also, Sap said in the same Q&A about backstage morale after his ridiculous entrance, they knew a change was happening. This was evident for a very long time. So the roster knew that there was a change coming since July or June, honestly, and then it became very transparent in August and September. And then October, it became backstage. The mentality was things will never be the same again type of feeling. And then they, you know, had the Braun Breaker do his thing or the Braun Breaker entrance happen, and everybody was just standing around going, really? It was almost as if all their fears were playing out in real life. Uh, The morale at NXT has shifted since the start of the pandemic. That's when everything changed based on the people that I talked to. And I talked to a lot of people there. And I talked to even more that were there than just the cuts, the changes being pushed in and out of the PC, the firings, all that. It doesn't go well. Give me a break, man. NXT is dead. Tired of talking about it. I mean, the morale, you know the morale is down. You know everybody is just fucking heartbroken about Triple H being removed and William Regal being fired and... All all the changes, all the fucking NXT alum that have come and gone, man. Seriously. They're all doing their own thing now. None of it remains. None of it remains. They didn't even do, just think about this. They didn't even do the NXT end of year awards because everybody that was there to receive an award is not there. They're with AEW. It's unbelievable, man. NXT is dead. It's it, it's just an embarrassing. I, I hope that one day we get Dark Side of the Ring NXT. Really, that's going to be a major fucking situation. And top dollar. <laughs> oh man, AJ Francis is a comedian, man. Uh, top dollar says door is never closed as far as the WWE return is concerned. He was speaking on Ringsiders Wrestling. Don't know what the outlet is, but uh, whatever the case may be. Francis noted that he, Brandy, and Ashante Adonis with Shane Strickland are now able to work on whatever they want outside of WWE. Uncertain what a hit row WWE return would look like, Francis said this. We really know. Not just think, we know that we could have revolutionized the business as a whole, as a group. Now we're still in a position to be able to do that in a different avenue. Swerve was a star in wrestling before he got to WWE. I was a star outside of wrestling before I got to (laughs) WWE. He 
was a star outside wrestling. I didn't know of AJ Francis before WWE. What did he do? Football? And he failed at it. That's why he's in, that's why he's in WWE. Another, uh, another ex-football player joining the list of failures in the performance center. Now we're able to attack all avenues instead of the same avenue, but still work together. The door is never closed with WWE either. People go and come back to WWE literally every year. The only problem is, how does it look the next time? Is it all four of us, one of us, two of us, three of us, none of us? End quote. Following the reports that he had backstage heat before his WWE departure, Francis claimed that these reports were bullshit, noting that he won't let them ruin his reputation. WWE has announced a number of returns for the Women's Royal Rumble and is reportedly considering having a quote-unquote forbidden door Entrant in the men's Royal Rumble. Uh, listen, AJ Francis, top dollar, zero dollar, bottom dollar, dollar general, dollar tree. Listen, bro. Listen, uh, the only door that is never closed is the one that you lock at the end or unlock. I should say the only door that is never closed is the one that you unlock when you start your morning shift at footlock. That's the only door that never closes, bro. So make sure you are keeping track of inventory and delivering that great customer service, bro. Because I don't think WWE is ever going to bring you back or anybody in hit row back. You were fired, A, because of your own fucking stupidity and your big fucking mouth. And B, you were a Triple H project. Where is Triple H's team currently? Where is everybody that Triple H has brought into his NXT? Where do they reside right now? In unemployment. You are not coming back to WWE. I'd be shocked if Top Dollar is brought back to WWE. What good is Top Dollar without the rest of Hit Row? If WWE found no value in Hit Row when they brought them up, WWE will never find value in Hit Row. I doubt they're even a group. When they make their illustrious return to professional wrestling. Swerve's going to do what he's got to do. And the rest, I don't know. Nor do I care at this point. WWE gave me a reason to care about Triple H, I should say. Gave me a reason to care about them. And WWE gave me all the reasons to not give a fuck about any of them ever again. Because of their failed creative. You couldn't find any value in this group. All four of them together. Then I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. WWE is not bringing back anybody in Hit Row, especially Dollar Tree. I'm getting out of here, guys. Thank you very much for all of your support. If you did enjoy the video, if you did enjoy today's Off the Script Extra, hit that thumbs up. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. I will not be live for SmackDown tonight. Word of warning. Don't look for the podcast tonight. Uh, If anything, just follow me on social media for all the updates via Hog and with what is going on on the channel this weekend, man. So uh, I might see you back tomorrow with a live stream for SmackDown. If not, I'll have some more extras for you this weekend on the podcast, man. Thank you guys very much again. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand minimum on today's OTS Extra. And I will see you guys tomorrow at some time doing something right here on Off the Script. Until then, guys, have a good day.